Welcome to the Bounty Zero X podcast. I'm your host, Angelo Adam, founder and CEO of Bounty Zero X. Bounty Zero X is a decentralized bounty hunting network powered by the BNTY token. Today is August 6, 2018, and my guest on the show is Tuk Vu. Tuk is the CEO of Cambria. And Cambria is an open innovation platform which enables and incentivizes collaboration in research and development, manufacturing, and commercialization of AI and robotic applications in the consumer space. Took is a serial entrepreneur with multiple company acquisitions, the last one by Google. He's a deep expertise in game theory, tournament design, and multi-agent systems. He earned his PhD from Stanford University and a Bachelor of Science from Carnegie Mellon, both in computer science. And Dr. Thuk is a social entrepreneur in Vietnam, and he's also involved in several community projects. So welcome to the show. Thanks for coming on the podcast. Hey, thanks for having us. Very excited to be here. So Cambria is a robotics company, and there's previously uh, Omni Labs, which was founded in 2015. So you've been in the robotics space for quite a while. So tell me what initially piqued your interest about this ecosystem and in general, this the robotics landscape? Yeah, sure. So Cambria is actually a very, very unique project in which we already have existing robotics product that has been sold in the market. You know, we have like several hundreds robots deployed worldwide in many different use cases. And um, so we started Omni Labs in 2015, and along the way, as we developed our product and selling them in the market, we got a lot of companies, big companies, who reached out and asked us to customize robots for their own use cases. You know, like they have some ideas and they want to develop some robotic technology, but they know that even when they put in a lot of money and resources in house, uh, it's going to take them a long time, and they might not get any good result. And so they reached out and asked us and we, we said, why not? Right. And so that's where the idea, initial idea for Cambria uh, started. And so that's where we want to build a sort of like a marketplace uh, for people to develop new technologies and, you know, collaborate uh, so that they don't have to reinvent the wheel, but also allow people to commercialize the technology that's coming out of the platform. And so kind of like a, a multiple size for the ecosystem. So you identify a couple problems which are unique to robotics development and which, as you mentioned, some of the companies that you were approached by approached you and mentioned that they'd like you to develop these technologies. But this is a unique area because it poses some difficulties that aren't necessarily applicable in other contexts. So you guys mentioned that some of them are lack of good interfaces and abstraction layers for a software, electrical, mechanical system, uh, lack of tools, semantics, and methods to share parts of design and distributed fashion, and over like creating the same thing multiple times. So and reusability of code. So it seems like what you're developing is like a framework to make this a more modular and scalable solution, so it can be uh, developed more quickly and and they become more efficient. Yeah, that's correct. And it's actually not, it's not only applicable in the AI and robotic uh, vertical, but we developed Cambria as a general 
decentralized protocols that allow other people to build, you know, verticals such as uh, biotechnology, uh, space technology, or like um, self-driving car as well. And so frontier technology, you know, in the sense where it's actually very challenging. It requires deep expertise in many different areas and not much of a sharing uh, collaboration in the area yet. And so that's where, you know, Cambria will shine. Yeah, so it is siloed and there are individual companies working and racing to develop these protocols. And is there like a, a risk of like intellectual property ownership and uh, distrustfulness amongst these competing companies who are investing rightfully so a lot of money to develop these these methods, these tools and methods, and then owning the IP rights over them. Yeah, that's that's a correct question, and we spend a lot of time thinking about it, right? So, yes, you're absolutely right that these companies they will have to invest money or capital to develop the technology. But the cool thing is, Cambria as a whole, we design uh, different ways to protect the IP. Uh, for them as well. So the, the technology is open for everyone to do research on and so that they, we can cut down the time and cost to develop new technology. But any other company who wants to use the technology for commercial purposes, they have to pay a licensing fee. And one of the protocol that we have is proof of violation. And we make sure that the community as a whole, uh, will protect this IP, uh, agreement. So that, you know, like these companies, after they develop their technology uh, on Cambria, they will get additional stream of revenue, right? When other people using that technology. And in a sense, this is a really good thing because uh, A, it saves people from uh, reinventing the world, like I mentioned. It can really cut down the cost and time. But second, it creates like a new kind of like um, uh, additional revenue stream and also the uh, artifacts right of all this development work a lot of time for startups company for example they develop something really cool and if they cannot get um, a good you know product market fit they fail and you know everything is lost forever right if now if they put it on cambria in a sense they will continue to get the uh, a share of the revenue stream of the platform and so that's a huge advantage for these companies. So what is proof of violation? How does that work? Yeah, so for proof of violation, it allows anyone to upload the evidence that some company is violating the licensing agreement. And they will have to stake the token. And then they can get the, the community to also stake their token for the, the case. Once the amount of token reach certain threshold, right? So that's kind of like a, enough of the attention from the community. We'll send a legal team after the case and, you know, we'll take legal action against the company who violating the agreement. And whatever the proceed that we uh, win from the lawsuit will then get shared between the original poster and other makers of the case. Uh, so this is a great way to incentivize people uh, to protect together the IP that on Cambria. So I want to jump to a different topic. So you founded previously Omni Labs in 2015 and you guys built a number of robots and sold them. And tell me the story behind the founding of Omni Labs and the lessons you learned from that experience. And was that your first introduction into the robotics space? 
Yeah, so OmniLab is our first uh, company uh, or my first company in the robotics space. Uh, but I have uh, founded uh, two companies before. They both got acquired, uh, including one by Google. And so I'm not a stranger to, to kind of like the startup world. And then I also did a lot of research and business in AI before. Uh, so my first company was using AI to analyze social interactions and relationships of user on social networks and try to understand their relationship. And so a lot of, uh, we, we apply a lot of uh, cool AI technology there. And so those experience carry very well, uh, to OmniLab in terms of uh, product development, in terms of, you know, business, in terms of pushing for getting the product out as soon as possible in front of user, getting feedback, iterate and all of that. And your founders at OmniLabs, are they the same people and founders you worked with at the prior companies? No. So I worked with Jared back in at undergrad at Carnegie Mellon. So we were roommate and uh, we did a lot of research project together. So we worked along very well. Uh, that's um, how we knew each other. And, uh, uh, we, you know, keep in touch. And, uh, when, you know, we got together in 2015, we started to brainstorm many different paths or, you know, technology that we can work on. And, uh, so one of the really exciting thing about consumer robotics is that, you know, the space is still relatively new and we believe we can make a huge impact uh, in terms of improving the quality of life for our user. Instead of like, you know, like industrial or manufacturing, uh, the robots are kind of like takeaway job. Uh, but once it's in the consumer space, we can really provide services directly to our user and help with various tasks, right? So for example, senior care, for example, like uh, nursing uh, services in the hospital, uh, things like that. And so, so that's why, you know, we, we got really excited and decided to pursue this space. How long was the time period from the time that you guys, you know, were brainstorming together and decided to really go ahead into the idea and then to get ramped up and then develop, deliver the first, first consumer product? Yeah. So it actually took us about six months, uh, a lot of back and forth, you know, brainstorming about this idea and what we can do. And, uh, you know, very, very interesting. Uh, so when it comes to consumer space, right, we try to take a very refreshing approach instead of aiming for the holy grail, like a lot of other robotics company, uh, like SoftBank with Pepper that try to develop everything autonomous, high kind of like uh, expensive product. Uh, we want to take a step back and think of the value that we can provide to the user right away at much more affordable cost and much uh, shorter time uh, development time. And so that's where the idea of our first product, uh, the telepresent robot came from. And, um, you know, that's something that communication is something that people use or need, you know, all the time, right? And the value is very clear. We have connect uh, the families with each other, especially uh, with the with their uh, seniors, the parents and grandparents. And so that's how we can get a lot of traction immediately with our product. Tell me about the sales numbers for the telecommunications telepresence robot that you guys uh, delivered. Did you have pre-orders for that or was it in advance? Yeah, we had pre-orders. We did an Indiegogo campaign. We reached our target within four days and then uh, just continue to scale our production right now to 
uh, meet the demand. <laughs> we actually uh, have more orders than we can uh, make the robot. So yeah, it sounds like Tesla. They have more orders than they can deliver cars. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yes, we're seeing good problem to have. So so uh, you guys, how many have you delivered? We have we have delivered about more than four hundred robots already. That's that's great. And so you have four hundred deliveries, and and what's the and were those all of the pre-orders that you guys sold? No, so we we have about two hundred pre-order, and so you know after the pre-order we deliver them for the Indiegogo already. So we're done with that, and now we're just you know scaling up production and continue to take in more orders. Nice. So then came Cambria. So at some point you guys decided, well, what's the next stage of this? So what was your thought process from deciding OmniLabs Omni Labs could then develop into something bigger? And, and what was the thought process that went into that? Yeah. So so Cambria. So so my background is was you know I was doing PhD at Stanford, focusing on AI, but also uh, game theory, and so that's what got me really interested in the whole blockchain space because essentially uh, allow the community to design using game theory to design a new platform or, or system, right? That allow people to interact in a certain way. And so we saw uh, this as an opportunity for us to accelerate what we already did at Army Labs uh, to build an ecosystem or a platform that allow people to collaborate and really push on uh, new technology in terms of development, but also in terms of adoption, you know, application of this technology in different area or markets. And so that's what got us really excited. And so we started to think more about what exactly the platform should do and what are the protocols and all that stuff and you know, continue to develop it. And so we decided to, yes, yeah, so... There's a really good synergy between Army Labs and Cambria. And so yeah, we're going to develop both kind of uh, along the way. So when with Cambria, is it is it you and are your co-founders at Cambria the same co-founders and the same team that you had also at Army Labs? Yeah, so we, have, we share the same founding team between Army Labs and Cambria, but we're already building out you know, additional team for Cambria, uh, especially for uh, development and community and all that. We have like a big uh, developer team in Vietnam and uh, we start building the developer community uh, through building our robotics lab, partnering with Top University in the space, running hackathon or kind of like a partner with open source project uh, to bring them on board. That's, that's great. So you've been busy since you guys, so what, what was around the date that you guys first started or started talking about the potential for Cambria? So we, we started to talk about Cambria beginning of uh, last year and it, it took us a long time to, to really iterate on the concept and the protocol and all that. We really started in Corp towards the end of the year and, you know, started to work on building out a platform. And have you guys been getting investors on board? And what is your your current investment roadmap? And yeah. where are you in that stage? Yeah, so we have closed out a private sale uh, for Cambia. And uh, we have uh, several notable investors. The, our lead investor is Hashed from Korea. Uh, they, the guys have been tremendously helpful and supportive uh, to our project. 
So now we just can, you know, go focusing on building out a platform. Uh, probably going to do a pre-sale uh, soon once we launch like a, a public beta uh, version of the platform. So looking at, you know, probably end of August, beginning of September. So coming up very soon. Mm-hmm. And so can, is it public or can you talk about how much you guys were, you raised in the, in the private sale? So our hard cap, uh, we aiming at, uh, 19 million and, uh, we don't publicize the private sale number yet, but you know, it's safe to say that we get majority of the hard cap down already. So, <laughs> um, hopefully, you know, the, the rest will come in quickly. And for the private sale and the public sale, are you guys doing, uh, security token or are you no so these are the, yeah uh, so for the private sale before the platform launch it's more like a saft we go with uh rec s but you know it, it is as a utility token cat is a utility token so okay great so so you guys raised from a bunch of different uh vc firms and uh signed the saft agreements and you guys got a great reception from them and so you did the SAFT for your private sales and you raised a certain, a certain amount. And then now you're also having the, the publics. Yeah. And now we're just focusing on, yeah, building out a platform. We're thinking of, uh, like a more like a public pre-sale after we launch a platform, but still really, really depending on regulations and things like that. Um, so we'll follow the uh, regulation closely. Uh, just see, you know, to make sure that it's safe for, for us and for our investor. All right. So why don't we jump into a little bit about the Cambria platform? So there's a, a bounty uh, program, or an, I, I wouldn't say a bounty program, but there is a, a bounty element to the platform. So bounties are used in the ecosystem, within the Cambria ecosystem. So what role do, do you guys have for bounties and how are they being leveraged to make the ecosystem for the incentives uh, among the participants of the ecosystem. Yeah, you can think of it as like the X prize, right? Or the DARPA grand challenge. So these are like kind of like a prizes that put out by the community, by the foundation or by companies, uh, big companies who need new technology uh, or a combination of, of, of these three. We can all join force to set out the, the prize, which will incentivize team of developers around the world to work together and develop the technology that can satisfy the requirements and the criteria of the price. Best technology will get incorporated onto the platform and then remain open, share with other people. And you know, the developers will win the the prizes. They can choose to take the whole bounty, the whole uh, amount, or a partial of it. And that would translate to karma points for both sides, the people who put out the bounties as well as the developers. And these karma points, what it does is it allows people to get uh, a portion of the revenue stream when it comes into Cambria. So in a sense, you can think of it as like a tokenized technology, right? The IP on Cambria, in which you know people with the karma points own part of the technology. So... Will you have, will you be building relationship with manufacturers? And so we've been talking a little bit about like the software code base and the marketplace for developing the components relating to the software around the, the robotics. So 
Will there be like a manufacturing component to this also? Yeah, definitely. I think that's where, you know, this is going to be really interesting on Cambria. Um, we're going to provide a uh, design for hardware as well, including, and then also firmware, AI, uh, software. So like a whole bunch of stuff, not just software. And Army Lab is going to be one of the company that would lead the manufacturing alliance to help with uh, this project to do prototyping and production down the line. Uh, because you know, the way that we make our robots actually very, very interesting. We 3D print the parts and then assemble them all in-house in California. And so we can extend this to accommodate you know, new design or new prototypes that people come up with on Cambria. So the manufacturing of the robots is all done in you guys' headquarters in California? Yeah, exactly. In Silicon Valley. So how does that work? Do you guys have like... 3D printers and is that scalable and like, how, or is that just for like prototyping the designs? Or so we we actually we have uh, rows of uh, 3D printers in our office, <laughs> and yes, you know those this they're definitely scalable. So we have uh, polished the process so that we can uh, really crank out the parts twenty four seven using these 3D printers, and then you know design the a way to assemble them you know all in house. And so this is quite interesting. We believe that that's a new way to go in the future for manufacturing as the 3D printing technology uh, getting better and better every day, you know, including, you know, new type of materials, for example, uh, plastic mixed in with carbon fiber or the, the multiple material nozzle, right? In which you can print kind of electric uh, wiring uh, together with the plastic parts. So imagine, you know, you can print out like the whole arm of a robot. Uh, that's huge. That's something that uh, injection molding would be able to do. And so how is that, how are you guys' in-house 3D printers going to be used in as a component of the platform by like users of the marketplace? Uh, so like who are the parties involved in the marketplace? And can you take me through like that flow of like a user signs up and... And uh, who, which, who are the user roles in the platform and uh, how they interact with the... Uh... Yeah, that's a great question. So there are a couple of different types of user on the platform. Uh, so let me walk you through kind of like a, a flow, right? Um, like big company, they want to build uh, technology. So they put out a bounties or the price on Cambria. All the token holders, as they see the potential of the project, they can chip in the tokens to you to grow the size of the price and then developers that work working on the price uh, when they need prototyping they can tap into our alliance uh, network of or any of uh, like uh, verified partners uh, that sort of can produce these parks that, that design on Cambria and then they then they will submit the prototype with the design and all that and go through testing. Once you know they got accepted and got incorporated onto Cambria, any of the manufacturer in the alliance now can produce these products or the robots uh, for the other parties, right? The companies who want to commercialize them, who want to sell robots that on Cambria. And so those are the the, the way that you know different type of user can interact. 
That's interesting. So you guys have the user role of the company who posts the bounty or who posts the job on the platform. Mm-hmm. And that would contain a list of the specs and the requirements that need to be met and the reward amount. And the reward amount would be payable in anything or is it a specific token? No, so the reward has to be in our token, in CAT. And then also the revenue, uh, the licensing fee that's coming in uh, would have to come in CAT as well. Got it. So then the the bounty is posted and deposited ahead of time in escrow. And so then the specs of the deliverables are added and then it's opened up and it's available. So it's listed on the platform as an active bounty reward or an active job. Exactly. Yeah. So once the developers submit their kind of like um, uh, entries right, uh, for these bounties, uh, we'll have third party experts and to vet these entry points. So the third party experts vet the, the, what are they vetting? The, the, the submissions, the submissions, the technology submission from the developers. Yeah. To decide whether, you know, this, these are good submission, whether they satisfy the requirements, so on and so forth. Mm, yeah. I see. So that's great. That's a really interesting approach. And it seems like a really unique model because they could, you know, let anyone participate and compete against each other. So for each bounty that's posted, is one winner chosen or are multiple different? Uh... It's going to be multiple. Yeah, we think of it as like a, kind of like a tournament. <laughs> so it's going to be multiple round. And then each round is going to be certain requirement, right? So let's say, you know, in the very first round, it's going to be more like a design uh, submission. And then the top three chosen winner then will get to move on to the next round, which is going to be prototyping. And then at the prototyping round would be then like uh, maybe like production ready round or something like that. And so, yes, definitely going to be multiple round, not just, just one. Because, you know, the, the, these technology is, is challenging, right, to develop. So it's just going to be like one straight uh, shot. So there could be potentially like in the first round, 50 teams enter, they submit their work. And then the top three are chosen. So the top three submissions, do they win a reward at each round, or is it? Yes, yeah. And these are actually up to the the the, um, the company who set out the bounties, right? Uh, we will help them to design like a, a good tournament. But you know, I I think end of the day, we still they still have some leeway to decide how to proceed with the rounds and stuff like that, or the reward. And the company itself chooses the winner of each round, and the, the no. So it's going to be up to the expert, so that we can avoid, you know, some sort of a conflict of interest here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's what I mean. We have that same kind of similar issue on our platform is that we can't. I mean, there has to be some. I mean, input from the company posting the bounties in terms of setting out the requirements. But as you stated, yeah, there's also the issue of conflicts of interest in deciding who wins and collecting the work and paying out. Accordingly, so there's all sorts of like considerations that, and so then to become this expert, a third party expert that can review the submissions, do you guys have like requirements? Is it open to anyone? Is it like a, a application process? Yeah, definitely. So, so we're gonna vet them in the beginning, and then uh, it's gonna be like kind of like uh, voted by the community. Think of it's like a token curated registry, and so you know these expert will. Well, there will be like a list of experts that, you know, got vetted and voted in by the community. And, you know, they will get rated based on their performance in terms of, you know, like the revenue of the platform and things like that. Great. So 
they have the different rounds and then the winner is selected, the final design, and then it's put into production. The bounty is paid out. A fee is taken by the platform. And that's basically the whole process, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's right. Wow, that sounds fantastic. Looking forward to seeing it. So what is the, the timeline here? So you're launching the beta in Q2 or Q1, Q2, uh, or the launch of the platform in Q1, Q2, 2019. Yeah, so we yeah we want to launch an MVP, kind of like a bare-bone platform in August, end of August, early September, and then just get people to start using it, voting for different projects and things like that. And then, uh, you know, a more complete product uh, we're aiming for probably Q1 or Q2 of next year. Tell me a little bit about the partners you guys are working it, working with and the different verticals and how the token economics uh, are involved in the ecosystem and the platform. Yeah, so that's one thing really exciting about Cambria is that we have existing partners from all different kind of like space, uh, including big companies, including open source projects, including universities. Uh, so a couple of different verticals that we've been uh, aiming for. Uh, one is healthcare verticals. You know, like robots can help with senior cares or can be deployed in hospital to provide services. Some really big company that, uh, for example, Topan in Japan, uh, they already invested into us and, you know, want to build a robot that can provide nursing services in Japan. And then in terms of and another example is the kind of like the, um, we call it uh, mobile aerial mobility vertical, <laughs> you know, it's a fancy word for flying cars. We're working with NTU from Singapore to design this vertical on Cambria as well. And then a couple of other interesting leads in terms of mobility for uh, in the city and things like that, or biotech. Uh, these are the uh, verticals that uh, can be developed on Cambria. Uh, very, very exciting. So yeah, so so I think you know we continue to work with these partners um, to really carve out this space and pushing along with the technology development. And how many different partners do you think that there will be? Like, I guess preferred providers who provide like manufacturing services or uh, hardware development services. So you guys are going to it will be open to any other like platform or like a manufacturer that that wants to join the network and become part of the alliance network and what will that process look like? Yep, exactly. So so that the process is going to be, you know, they will have to apply to join uh, the alliance through the foundation. Uh, we're going to have to vet them, you know, to make sure that they can manufacture the products that are specified by the uh, Cambrian language, right? The coding language. And then they have to put out a bounty, another uh, bounty, uh, like a bond, <laughs> kind of they have to stick a certain uh, you know, amount of tokens uh, to make sure that they will do, they will like fulfill their promises for the work and stuff like that. And so in a way, kind of like uh, hold them accountable for providing service. Yeah. And the, just the industry as a whole in the future, like the scope and potential revenue from this industry. I mean, you talked about a little about some of the applications that would be using this type of platform. So nursing services, do you think there are any other areas that are going to be helpful where people will be able to use the platform in the future? And is it going to be like mainly companies or consumers or how do you envision that? Mm, interesting. Yeah. So, uh, definitely many different verticals and spaces, right? And so, so let's say, let's look at AI and robotics. 
right? For AI robotics, the application is limitless. You know, you can think of it as, um, you know, at home doing cleaning, laundry, or, you know, in the restaurant, washing dishes, serving food to the tables. In terms of school education, students can attend classes or the robots can teach students certain skill sets. Uh, there's just so many different ways that we can go uh, or space that we can go into. And so we believe there's going to be a trillion dollar market once we flesh out all different applications that we can do. So what are some of the social impact that will potentially be derived from advancements in AI technologies for society as a whole? That And what are some of the economic factors at play here? Because there are a lot of jobs that are being completed now. I mean, how can robotics play a role in this changing environment of being able to replace or or help uh, people who are currently working in their jobs? Yeah. So we absolutely believe that AI and robotics will make a huge impact in society. And, you know, we will believe it's going to be a positive impact. Uh, so in terms of like improving productivity and improving the quality of life for our user. So we never think of robots as replacing jobs, but more like augmenting what humans are doing so that it can help save energy, you know, make it less repetitive, make it less boring for the human. And so that's the approach that we want to take. And beyond that, Cambria can actually accelerate a lot of projects that develop technology that right now is underinvested. So, for example, senior care, for example, waste management by recycling plants or cleaning up the ocean. These are the things that robotic technology will make a huge impact to help us address these challenges. And so I'm very excited to see the community would be able to get together and support the project along that line and making a progress on that. So if any of our listeners are interested in learning more about Cambria, where are the best and, and, and want to get involved and you know become a developer and start earning some income by completing some of the bounties? Or if they have an application that they'd like to develop for their company, what would be the best way to go about learning more, getting involved, and uh, hearing uh, about the company? Yeah, we uh, definitely, we have, uh, please check our website at cambria.io. We have a lot of information on there. And then join our Telegram group, Cambria Official, or send us an email at any time. We'll be more than happy to discuss how we can collaborate uh, going forward. Great. So my guest on the show today has been Thuk Vu, CEO of Cambria. And uh, there'll be in the show notes below more information about how you can learn more about Cambria. So check the links. And uh, it's uh, great having you on the show today. Yeah, thank you for having me. Looking forward to more collaboration. Yeah. Great. All right. Thanks. Take care. Bye. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Bounty Zero X podcast. Please remember to subscribe to our podcast below. Check out BountyZeroX.io, the number one bounty hunting platform where you can complete work and earn cryptocurrency. Please consult your professional financial investment and tax advisors before making any investment in initial coin offerings. 
Bounty Zero X does not provide investment or financial advice and does not endorse or recommend investment in any ICOs advertised on the Bounty Zero X podcast or website.